And Dennis, uh, it's been a bit cool this week. It has indeed, Jane, and I think we can expect uh, more cool weather. And it, to be honest with you, I'm enjoying it. I'm one of those people that like the uh, the change in the seasons. It, uh, it does something uh, to you, I'm sure. And uh, I'm feeling good. Yes, I'm feeling good. Reinvigorated. Well, that's a nice word to use. Yes, why not use that word? <laughs> so today we're thinking about what to do about the cooler we are weather. Indeed, there's been a lot of um, encouragement um, to uh, undergo uh, flu vaccination, uh, particularly um, encouraging our elderly population to do so. And a lot of people would be asking, what is there in natural medicine that has anything to offer for the problems associated with wintertime. And I thought we might look at a couple of little ways of improving our possibility of getting through winter without going down with some of the wintertime ailments. We're thinking about winter ills and what we can do to uh, help um, keep them at bay. And, of course, you might have some calls on that or some questions on that or anything else that you'd like to put to Dennis. So just give us a call, 49216216, to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today. So natural medicine mm. Mm, and colds and flus. Well, we're going to get some of those, but for years... Uh, in my lectures and radio programs here and there, I've recommended uh, a little sequence of supplements that people confirm has helped them and get through winter without going down with some of these things. And this advice does not in any way conflict with the medical advice to get a vaccination. It augments that. It complements that. It indicates the way in which natural things have a justifiable basis for lessening our getting some of these wintertime ailments. And what I've recommended over the years is a simple little program. First of all, at this time of the year when cold is a dominant feature, and of late it's been both cold and wet, we need to learn from traditional systems of medicine, which have always said that when one goes into a season where coldness becomes the dominant feature, one counteracts cold diseases, in inverted commas, with herbs and foods which have the opposite energy or characteristic. So that in Asia, for instance, uh, hot herbs, herbs that are pungent, herbs that are spicy, herbs like ginger, uh, cayenne, horseradish, a curry, those sorts of herbs and foods are popularly used, not just as a food, because remember in other cultures, uh, food is interpreted frequently as a medicine, but these foods with that characteristic, that warming characteristic, are seen to be virtually mandatory for lessening uh, some of the cold diseases that we experience in our society. And there's a bit of logic and a bit of pharmacology with that, Jane. It's not just all uh, tradition. It's not just all folklore. What we know is that many of these herbs and foods contain active principles, frequently volatile oils, which do have an effect on circulatory activity, and particularly circulatory activity that encourages an improvement in blood flow to the lung, and with that, an improvement in all the defence mechanisms that go with the blood, particularly white blood cell activity. There's uh, some interesting work being done by the World Health Organisation years ago that explained why Asian people who frequently live in very polluted environments and frequently uh, smoke very, very much, 
why they are relatively freer from many of the respiratory diseases that we experience in the West. And a lot of it was put down to the way in which characteristic features of the Asian diet had a protective effect on the respiratory system particularly and therefore uh, encouraged, if you like, a greater resistance immunologically to many of the challenges that environment, that cold and moisture have to the respiratory system. And so for years I've given advice uh, in various ways to people to start to warm up their diet. We, We predominantly are still... Well, not as much these days, but predominantly, I would say, we still live on a diet that's very Anglo. And we live on a lot of foods that are very much more suitable, if you like, for a different climate. We eat a lot of foods that are stodgy, very carbohydrate-oriented, and many of them very mucus-forming. For instance, the amount of uh, dairy product in our diet. Now, these sorts of foods in many traditions are seen as the very foods to be cautious of in wintertime because they have the opposite energetics. So what I encourage people to do is change your diet a little bit, fall in love with some of these spices that frequently are now more readily used than what they used to be because they do have the possibility of improving the health of the respiratory system. And it doesn't mean to say that one has to immediately start eating very hot curries. It means that one can begin to take on board this knowledge and use some of the warming herbs, ginger in particular. Quite a remarkable herb. Well, sometimes it's quite warm or quite hot, and yes. sometimes it's much milder. It is indeed, and, and in Simon Mills is probably uh, one of the English world's best medical herbalists and uh, university lecturer on herbal medicine in the UK, and he, in his textbook, uh, The Dictionary of Modern Herbalism, has put forward ginger as being uniquely applicable to the lung. And for people, therefore, that experience uh, bronchial conditions, um, bronchitis even, uh, who are frightened, if you like, of wintertime challenges to the respiratory system, something like ginger gradually brought into the diet. Even I say to many of my patients, um, ginger tea. Go to your health food store and get some lovely uh, ginger tea and drink a couple of cups of that a day as well as start to use ginger in one's food, one then begins to get the benefit of warming herbs on the respiratory system. And on to a new RFM, this is Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. And we're taking your calls on 49216216 and thinking about things that just might help us against those winter ills that are lying in wait for us today. Uh, Of course, your questions on anything are very welcome. But um, we're talking about spicy foods, Dennis, mm, and you're mm. saying that they will help in the protection. Very much. Um, when we think about spice, do we think about chili? Well, of course, chili would have to be seen. Mm. Ch- chili would have to be seen as the leader of the pack, um, and not everyone, unfortunately, can um, can take chili. But if people, how can I call it, warm up to using chili, it can become a very, very important part of one's health program, not only for um, helping ward off, if you like, wintertime cold conditions, but also it's a remarkable herb for promoting peripheral circulation. And a lot of our elderly population, but not only them, a lot of people even with conditions like Raynaud's syndrome experience poor circulation to the extremities. And chili is quite remarkable, even in taken in an encapsulated form. If people want to bypass the taste factor, Taking it in encapsulated form can still get the benefits, particularly 
on peripheral circulation. So people that get chillblains, for instance, in wintertime, um, using, say, capsules of, of, of capsicum can frequently improve the circulatory activity to the extent that chillblains become much less. So you just don't see uh, chilly as something that one has to uh, gasp at or, and, and veer away from. It can be taken, it can be gradually warmed up to, or it can be used even in, in, in a subtler form as a capsule. So, yes, chilli is, is quite a remarkable substance. 49216216 is the number for you to get your question through to Dennis. And, hello, on the phones, have you got a question for Dennis? Hello. Hello. Have you got something you'd like to ask Dennis? Yes, I have. Right. Um, yes. I'm, I'm an, uh, I've been a patient of Dennis's for uh, about 20 years ago. Oh, how about and, that? And um, I'm, I'm a great believer in you, Dennis. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. My name is Margaret. Um, look, I've, I've got horrible ridges across all of my nails. Yes. My fingernails. And I was wondering if, if I'm lacking in something. Okay. Margaret, frequently um, the fingernails can be helped by bringing into the diet the mineral silica. 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 How do you spell that, Dennis? S-I-L-I-C-A. Silica. S-I-L-I-C-A. Now, look, it's a very safe mineral, and over the years I have seen people improve their nail characteristics dramatically. The thing about it is, Margaret, that you'll have to work with it for a number of months in, mm-hmm. or, in order to be able to reverse this tendency. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm going to do, um, because you've been a long-time supporter of my system of medicine, I'm going mm-hmm. to get my rooms to send you, free of charge, a little container of, of silica, and uh, you'll receive it and you'll take it and stay with that. And over a number of months, say, give yourself about three months, you should, oh, yes. you should then be able to see some improvement in your nail characteristics. So, oh, that sounds wonderful, so, Dennis. So if you hang on there, our, yep. our producer will get your name and address and right beside your name what I'm going to give you, and my staff on Monday will send it to you, Margaret. Okay, Dennis. Okay. Uh, Dennis, could I just ask you another yes, question? Yes, of course. What's your opinion on quill oil? Okay, look, uh, krill oil is another member of, of the, the oils that contain uh, the, the constituents that are considered to be useful for osteoarthritis. Um, I'm not opposed to it, but I still take my old fish oil dosage daily. And, oh, uh, yes, and, and I, I take. I, I was a great believer in the yeah, fish oil. Well, I, I st- put me on it in the first place. That's correct. I still take those. I take 6,000 milligrams daily. Oh, of straight-out fish oils. So um, Krill is a newer member of the team, if you like, but I still work with the fish oils. With the fish oils, yes. yes. Okay, Margaret. I'll go back to the fish oil too. Okay, Margaret. Okay, Margaret, stay on hold and we'll get your details. And uh, now we'll head off with Lynette. No, we'll head off with... Yes, Lynette. Hello. Hello, Lynette. No, we won't stay with Lynette. We might, in fact... Go to uh, back to our spicy foods, Dennis. <laughs> and uh, okay, echinacea. Now that's come up, and you've mentioned echinacea once or twice. Well, echinacea How's is probably um, is probably the most utilised herb in the Western world. It's an American herb, and made fame um, both in in America, in English speaking countries, and more recently 
in Europe, particularly uh, by German manufacturers of echinacea-based products. And echinacea uh, comes up in the literature as essentially an immunostimulant herb with understood chemical characteristics as to how that is achieved, uh, but it also, uh, by way of consequence, is also a useful antiviral agent. So as well as recommending, if you like, hot herbs as a way of counteracting some wintertime ailments, what I'm suggesting is that people now, particularly those, again, who go down frequently with wintertime conditions, I'm suggesting that they start to use some form of echinacea and stay on it for a number of months, uh, using it in its lowest dose as a prophylactic device, and if a virus begins to assert itself, increase the dose to its maximum. That has proven to be a very, very successful little technique, and I can't think of the number of people that over my 35 years of professional work that haven't uh, taken my advice and received benefit from using that remarkable herb. Uh, A bit of a history about echinacea. We'll talk about it um, uh, subsequently, but um, a fascinating history about echinacea and the way in which Australia has become one of the leading growers and manufacturers of echinacea products. So second hint to to listeners, stock up with echinacea, begin to use it now at its low dose, accelerate the dose to the maximum if and when a virus begins to assert itself. And Frank has rung in on 49216216. Dennis from Araring, and it's hawthorn berries, is it, Frank, you want to talk about? That's right, yes, correct. Hello, Frank. G'day, how are you doing? I'm good, Frank, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. Good, good. Uh, I'm just inquiring about the uh, hawthorn berry. I, I end up getting some myself, but I went on the internet to see what, what, what what's inside of them yes, and all that. Yes, yes. And I find that a lot of them, uh, uh, you know, around $10 or $6 or yes, $7 yes. for a hundred tablets, but they got a lot of filler in them. Yes. But I did find one that didn't have any filler at all. Yes. And it's called uh, Nature's Sunshine. Yes. Now, I, I can uh, speak... Uh, as one who has uh, developed uh, many products for Nature Sunshine. I've developed a whole range of herbal products for Nature Sunshine, a a very interesting company started by two American people in Utah Mm -hmm. who, interestingly, started the company simply by sitting down at their kitchen table many, many years ago and encapsulating the herb uh, cayenne that we've been talking about, and the company grew from there. But what that company is uniquely associated with is taking the crude herb and simply surrounding with a gelatin capsule. So what you see is what you get, and my practice would be stocked uh, happily with many, many, many Nature Sunshine products. I'm a great fan of their products, having developed many of them, and the present Australian owner and director of the company is a personal friend of mine. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's a very good brand. Yeah, okay, yeah, because all the other ones, one, there was one other one there, but it doesn't, it's not clearly, it doesn't clearly tell you what's in it, just says plant food. Mm. Well, and um, yes. this well, is the only one I found yeah. that it just, it just says hawthorn berries, and that's it. That's lovely. You know? Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart on board, taking your questions on 49216216. And Greg has rung in from Elibana. Hello, Greg. Hi, Dennis. Um, I spoke to you about 12 months ago. Oh, sorry, yes. Uh, for about carpal tunnel. Yes, yes. And I heard you speaking, uh, I think it was last week. Oh, yes. To a woman about carpal tunnel. Yes, yes. Um, I'm actually taking the B6. What dose are you taking, Greg? 
having one tablet a day. Plus what, what milligram dosage is it, Greg? Um, anyway, Thompson's one. I, I guess what I'm saying is that um, V6, which I've recommended over the years as a useful possibility for carpal tunnel, needs to be taken in a fairly elevated dose. Uh, right. Round about, don't quote me on this, but I think the literature I'm referring to talks about it at about 150 milligrams of B6 in conjunction with a high potency complete B complex supplement. Yeah, I'm taking that. Oh, yeah. good, good. And, that, and also the flavour blend. That's good. Well done. Are you, but, getting, um, are you getting anywhere with it? It's helping a little bit, but still wake up when you get the pins and needles and that. Okay. Now, my first question would be here, Greg, um, are you sure you've got carpal tunnel as opposed, yes. as opposed to something perhaps coming from um, your spinal column? No, it's okay. carpal tunnel because okay. I've had the test for it. Okay. Well, and, um, uh, yeah. well what I would say is it, there is a, a carpal tunnel level of <coughs> dysfunction which will defy a lot of the natural recommendations and the only approach, therefore, fortunately or unfortunately, is a surgical procedure. Yeah. So if you've been taking it as long as that and you've got some benefit, I guess you'd have to weigh up whether the benefit was sufficient to persevere with or go for, for a procedure. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was just I was checking on that dosage, that was all, yeah. basically. Try yeah. the try the 150 milligram of B6. Right. Okay, so there you go. And uh, 49216216. <coughs> Oh, Dennis is succumbing to... I've got to take my own advice, <laughs> haven't I? I've got to take my own advice. And uh, Jan has rung in from Charmhaven. Mm. Hello, Jan. Hello. Your question for Dennis? Um, I've got chronic dermatitis in, like, female areas. Yes. And the itch drives me mad. It drives you mad. How long have you had it for, Jan? Oh, over 12 months. Okay. Yeah. And you've been using a steroid cream or something like that, have you? Well, I used... Yeah. Um, Made, but you know it's all right for a while. Yeah, and you've got to be it? cautious of using a steroid on the genitals, oh, um, right. because you know over a long period of time, the that that um, vulnerable area can become you know a bit fragile, particularly if you continue to use steroid. But oh, look, right. I, I helped a lady <clears throat> in New Lambton years ago who had um, a vulval uh, dermatitis, which was so bad that she was virtually on the verge of uh, of cancelling her trip to the Greek islands. Oh, and right. uh, I suggested that she try my GA cream. Oh, yes, I heard you say about right. that, and I was wondering right. about that. Well, you're going to get a jar, Jan. Oh. We're going to send yeah. you a jar uh, <laughs> on, on the understanding that you'll get back and, and tell us how how that area has responded. Yep. So um, the GA cream is quite remarkable in functioning similarly to a steroid, but it is, as I keep saying, based that. on an extract of licorice. Right, so even yeah. though it, it's white and it has no odour and it works to a degree similar to a steroid, it isn't. And uh, I think you'll find it'll give you some relief. So oh, if you hang on there, the producer will get your name and address and um, I'll make sure that on Monday you are sent from my rooms a jar of the GA cream. Great stuff. So just hang on there, please, Jan. And we're moving now to Graham from Yarrawonga Park. Hello, Graham. G'day. Hello, Graham. G'day, Dennis. Uh, look, two years ago I had a uh, knee replacement. Yes. And they told me I had nerve damage, uh, you know, and it'd take two years for it to grow back. But yes. it's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse. Okay. Um, 
where the whole knee is just all pins and needles. Okay. And I've got an extremely tight hamstring yes. that's now causing trouble in the ankle on the hip. Yes. And I, recently I've started taking some magnesium. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that good or uh, can you suggest something better? Well, magnesium is always a useful uh, supplement to, to deal with um, usually minor neurological conditions, not mm. perhaps associated with the, the damage that you've sustained during this procedure, but mm. I wouldn't discourage you from using it. Are you, your doctor has not prescribed Lyrica or anything like that? Oh, he did, mm-hmm. but I was on another planet while I was yes, on that. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, look, what I'm, what I'm going to suggest may help. Um, and it's, it's not an easy little product to get, but um, again, I'll make sure that you, you get some product. But um, nerve damage from a homeopathic medical perspective is handled by a remedy called Hypericum, H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-U-M, yep. Hypericum. Yep. Now, um, over the years I've prescribed it, it's not always successful, but here and there people swear by the benefit they've got from using this little preparation. Homeopathy, by the way, is a controversial therapy, but yet it is the most medically practised of all the alternatives. Many, many uh, doctors, particularly in the United Kingdom, Scotland, uh, particularly in India, and even in this country, uh, use homeopathic medicine. Her Majesty the Queen, for instance, is a great fan of homeopathic medicine. So the homeopathic preparation of Hypericum in my opinion, would be worthwhile giving a go for this. So what I'm going to do is send out some to you, Graham, and uh, with the instructions on how to use it. The worst thing that can happen is it may not hurt, it may not help you, but it certainly won't hurt you, and there's a chance that it might give you a little bit of relief. Oh, thanks for that. Okay. So so hang on, and and I'll get your name and details, Graham. And we're moving now to Taro with Margaret. Hello, Margaret. Hello, how are you? I'm well, Margaret, how are you? Um, I have canal stenosis of the lowest back. Yes, yes. Is there anything I can take to relieve backache with that or not? It's a tough one, Margaret. I Um, know. um, What what does your um, doctor have you on? Nothing. So you're doing it on your own, so to speak? Yes. Um, I had... um, all I take is the Panadol Osti okay. of a night um, okay. just to go to bed. Look, but I know once I've been standing for a while, mm-hmm. it aches. You're in trouble. Yes. Look, a, a couple of little things that are certainly not going to cure it, but might, no, ass- I know that. might assist you. Don't, don't overlook the potential benefit associated with topical applications yes. based on the herb arnica and capsicum. Oh, the Arnica, yeah. Right. Arnica is renowned, as you know, all over yes. Europe for its benefits. And there is a product called Stiff Sore and Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, I know the people that develop that. It's a good product. And it has given a lot of people relief when it is applied topically to the area from which the pain or discomfort is coming. That's right, yeah. So it's, it's easily procured. You'll be able to get it from your pharmacy or health food store. And it's not expensive. So use some of that, and it's worthwhile giving a go also to take a concentrate of curcumin, C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N, curcumin. Um, And again, 
it is a new breed, uh, natural anti-inflammatory and mild analgesic from the herbal world. Get hold of that and see how you go with that combination, Margaret. Okay, then. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Margaret. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, and taking your calls. And we have Robert now, who's rung in from Hamilton. Would you like to ask Dennis your question, Robert? Hi, Dennis. Hello, Bob. How are you? Long time now here. What's that, mate? I said a long time since I spoke to you. It is a while, isn't it? Yeah. How have you been? Not real good. Okay. What's happening to you? Mate, what I was going to ask you, I was going to the hospital. Yes. And I gave me recommendations. Yes. Uh, my liver's sort of gone out of order. Okay. Okay. Should I take for that? Okay. Look, fortunately, the, the liver is very responsive to a herb called St. Mary's Thistle Bob. Now, what? St. Mary's Thistle. St. Mary's Thistle. Right. Now, you live at Hamilton, Vision, yeah. Visionary Health in Beaumont Street, and I know them well. They're a good outfit. No, I'll come out to your place. Oh, okay. okay. Well, well, I've got me car. Oh, yeah. have you? Okay. Well, St. Mary's Thistle, without doubt, in my experience and, and understanding, is the most useful herb for improving liver function. Even where there is cirrhosis of the liver, St. Mary's Thistle has been shown to be useful. So, Bob, my recommendation would be make a beeline and get hold of some St. Mary's Thistle. That sounds like great advice. Uh, 49216216 is the number that Liz has rung in on from Stroud. Hello, Liz. Hiya. I'm just inquiring about the, the benefits of gelatine. I've been told it's good for arthritis. Les, uh, you've um, you've stymied the, me there. I know a little bit about gelatin as far as it being useful to uh, uh, in, in an encapsulated form where it forms the surround for herbs, etc. But unfortunately, I've not heard or know much about any potential use that it might have for arthritis. So um, I can't help you, Les. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Have you have, have you got osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis? I think I've got everything. I've just been told that uh, taking of a person who was taking gelatin, yes, yep. that um, it did work. So well, you know, there's only one way of finding out, Liz, isn't there? That's right. <laughs> Give it a go, mate. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Liz. Okay, and Tim has called in from Cessnock. It's a rather nasty problem you're talking about, Tim. Yeah, g'day, Dennis. I've had an ongoing saga with gallstones for about yes. 18 months. Yes, I've yes. Been tra- trapped in the bile duct and trying to get them out and all that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, minor pigment stones. Uh-huh. I-, I guess I have two questions. First one, obviously, is there anything that's sort of unanimous that will help get rid of gallstones? I can't find much on the internet. Um, and the second one is, would you... The second question is, would you think that that's an underlying... Does it suggest an underlying problem with the liver? Uh, look, if, if you're getting um, bile duct blockage, um, yeah. that could implicate the liver. Um, yeah. Your liver enzymes presumably are elevated, are they? Yeah, the, um, yes, it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you're, you're obviously having medical attention for this, Tim. I am, yeah. 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 Okay. Look, it, it can be a nasty condition, particularly if you're getting um, gallstone blockage. And to be quite yeah. honest with you, there is nothing that I would recommend 
to yep. address this issue. It needs to be medically addressed. Um, what have you been hospitalised for it? Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I got jaundice due to a blockage, yes, and yes. Um, and I've been in probably three times to try and get the. Uh, the blockages out of the duct. They were pretty successful last time. Ninety percent successful. So. Good, good. Look, yeah. look, Tim. There, there, there's lots of things that the the um, our system can do for the liver and gallbladder. But in your situation, I think it would be unethical for me to recommend anything that would purport to assist, particularly when you're getting good medical management. And this is health naturally. And Dennis Stewart answering your questions, helping us to feel good. Pat has rung in from Kurenbong. Hello, Pat. Hi, how are you? Hello, Pat. How are you going, Dennis? Good, good. How Pat. can I help, Pat? Um, my, my husband thought he'd hurt his wrist mm-hmm. and he's been having physio treatment. Yes. And uh, the doctor seems to think it's arthritis, yes. but he has had tried the stiff sore and sorry and a few other things yes. and nothing seems to work. So he's used, and, he's used a topical thing so far, yes. has he, Pat? Yes. yes. Has the doctor prescribed any anti-inflammatories? No, he hasn't, um, okay. he hasn't okay. gone back to him as okay. yet. Well, look, if, if it is a suspected arthritic condition, the, the first thing to do is to try to get a little bit of comfort going. Mm. Uh, I guess he's in a fair amount of pain with it, is he? It's grabs every now and again. Okay. Sort of thing. I mean, he's very active yes. and, um, you know, does all his own jobs and that, and he's 77. Yeah, well, that's, so he's, he's doing yeah. well. He's doing well. Look, a couple of little things that might be worthwhile trying before you go down the pathway of using the the, uh, the anti-inflammatories. Go, go, oh. to, go to your health food store. I think you've got one there at Kurenbong or Morissette, haven't you? Morissette. Okay. Mm. Good people too. I know them. Go there and get some curcumin, C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N, curcumin. Yep. That is an extract um, of, of turmeric, which is popularly used in natural medicine circles these days mm-hmm. uh, as a softer anti-inflammatory and mild analgesic. Uh, it might um, be useful and it's not expensive. Um, it's very safe um, and uh, it could give him the relief that, that, he's, uh, that he's looking for. But also, mm-hmm. if it is an osteoarthritic condition, um, I'm a great fan of the, um, of the use of, of glucosamine. We do take glucosamine and chondroitin. What mm. dose is he taking? Um, um, I'm not sure. I think, okay. it's, I think it's about... Oh, I could have a quick look. He um he has that every day. We good, have good, good. one of the morning and one at night. Okay, so long as you're taking about fifteen hundred milligrams of glucosamine, I think it would be yeah. better. Well, you, well, that's you know. that's that's a good a good starting base to work with. If you're using that, and you add to it the curcumin, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you've gone as, about as far as you can go in trying to address the thing naturally. So um, if he's still uncomfortable, it might mean that he might have to get a little bit of uh, script medication from his GP. But try the curcumin first. I've found it's quite remarkable in, um, in functioning as an alternative anti-inflammatory agent. Thanks for your call, Pat. And we'll move quickly on to, oh, I think it's Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hello. Hello, your Jenny. Quest- your question? Oh, look, it was about fullness in my ears. Mm-hmm. Now, have you had that checked out, Jenny? Um, I haven't been to a hearing test yet, okay. but um, and I seem to get a bit of phlegm down the back of my yes. throat. Okay. I did go to my doctor, and he told me to gargle with salt and water morning and night. Uh-huh. But, um, but you've yeah. got a sense of fullness, and what you've been referring to there sounds like what we call a post 
nasal drip. That means there is mucus accumulating in your upper respiratory tract, which is discharging or dripping down the back of your throat, so to speak. Look, it might be worthwhile for you um, to go in and get hold of some horseradish and garlic. Okay, I now, think I have that in my yeah, cupboard. Well, it's a good old-fashioned um, combination. Garlic, because of its mild antibiotic characteristics, and horseradish, being a member of this hot herb group of substances, is very useful as an anti-catarrhal or anti-mucus agent. So it's a cheap preparation. It's not going to cost you very much. No. And if congestion or mucus is your problem, this has the possibility of helping. So make a beeline for your health food store if you haven't got it, some horseradish and garlic. I did try, uh, took yesterday an antihistamine. Someone yes. suggested maybe yes. that may help. Yes. But... Well, it may help. If, if it's being caused by an allergy, it would help. But stick with the horseradish and garlic. That sounds like a great way to go and good to uh, get us into winter. Thank you very much, Dennis Stewart. Thank you, Jane. Lovely. As we come to the end of Health Naturally, back next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.